0: with mark james i'm jim rodriguez betql daily right here brought to you by bet mgm on the betql network good stuff we've had two great hours you could always come back you know hit the podcast uh, on our on demand on the odyssey app lots to get to still on this last hour we're so close to the start of the nfl season that's on thursday We'll get into the MLB card, but let's talk about some football. Let's bring in our buddy Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus. Ben, good morning. What's up? How are you? It's Jim Rodriguez along with Mark James on this Labor Day Monday in for the Joes and Aaron. So I love your stuff. I read your stuff. But I have to ask you, my friend, the Dallas Cowboys, where are you on the Cowboys? They're home to the Buccaneers week one. America's team, ironic that that's the Cowboys, considering the state of the country right now. But tell me what what your take is on the Dallas Cowboys.
2: Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me, guys. I mean, happy, uh, happy Labor Day Day. I know uh, the real ones, I guess, are grinding it out still. Uh, you know, it's football season, so you got to take uh, every opportunity we can. But, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys, I would say, um, I think they're going to be a really high-variance team in 2022. You know, a lot of people still like them to win the NFC East. Um, I do think that uh, they could be a prime candidate for regression given, uh, you know, the complexities of what they've had to deal with both in the offseason, what we've seen from Dak Prescott, and if, you know, C.D. Lamb can kind of be, you know, a bona fide, legitimate top three, top five wide receiver option. Now, if, if Dak's a top three or top five quarterback, C.D. Lamb's a top three uh, wide receiver, I think they're going to be okay, but if anything happens outside of that range, Uh, I just don't think they have enough pieces in place to uh, probably even win the NFC East this year, in my opinion.
1: Uh, Ben, uh, I've got to ask you about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and and this is one of the things that I found rather perplexing, is that there's more money bet on the Buccaneers, uh, their win total being under, I believe it was like 11.5, and and there are even, which this is even more incredulous, There are some people who even have bet the Buccaneers to have the worst record in the National Football League. Now, that's a, a, a obviously a quantum leap from just finishing under the 11.5 wins, but You know, there's a lot of questions going into this season, and I think some of it mostly has to do with off the field, with uh, reports out there that Giselle has uh, separated and she's gone off to to Costa Rica, and, and her and Tom Brady right now are not on the same page, and that's why he was absent for 11 days at Buccaneers training camp. But do you think that that plays any big part in the success or failure of the 2022 Tampa Bay Buccaneers?
2: Yeah, I definitely think it, it it can impact it, right? I mean, obviously when you're looking at a guy like Tom Brady, uh matters so much the what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers want to do, uh you know, offensively this year. Uh we saw, you know, a little bit of the retirement type scare happen what feels like, you know, a lifetime ago right now, but that was, you know, uh that February March time frame, and we saw how the betting market kind of reacted to the news that Tom Brady wouldn't be playing in that particular setup and they are, you know, uh, not necessarily the worst team in the nfl without tom brady but uh they don't really have uh once again a lot tom brady can help them do so many things on the football field and mask so many other situations both you know injury situations along the offensive line dealing with guys you know at the wide receiver position who uh, are also banged up like chris godwin so um if they don't have tom brady i think they are you know probably a bottom bottom five roster uh, at this point in time So. He definitely matters. Anything that's going to impact his play uh, or even his availability off field, I think, is definitely something that uh, you ne- you need to take into consideration from a betting perspective.
0: Yeah, we're talking to Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus right now. Buccaneers by the way, laying a point and a half as a road favorite in Dallas. Total is 50 and a half. Uh, if you like the Cowboys in that game, you can get more than even money plus 105 on the money line. Tampa Bay at minus 125. All right, Ben. So, uh big week starting for the NFL as we as we get things underway. I want to talk a little bit about the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson comes in. We're going to let Russ Cook signs that big contract. Are you buying the Broncos at all? Because for me, I think they're dead last. I think they're the worst team in that division.
2: Yeah, I think I um, I'm, I'm definitely in agreement with you. Uh, I do think that they are, you know, clearly probably the third or fourth best team in the division, even with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Uh, just a lot of moving parts that kind of need to land. All correctly for them to be, you know, not only successful in what's by far the most difficult division in the NFL, uh, but they also have the conference issues as well. So uh, I think maybe there's, there's a scenario where they can like edge out uh, the Las Vegas Raiders for not being the fourth, the fourth team in the AFC West. But uh, I think they are a clear step below both, you know, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and, you know, the Los Angeles Chargers right now. Pretty difficult schedule. Uh, they need everything to kind of come come right for them, and they need, you know, Russell Wilson to kind of return to, uh, you know, close to being the MVP type candidate that he's played with a couple of years ago. But I just think there's too many things happening where uh, they're not going to be able to pull it together in this first year, and I don't think we're going to get, you know, the best version of Russell Wilson in Denver. So for that reason, uh, I would project third or fourth in the AFC West, and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs here uh, or, or even really be all that close when it's all said and done.
1: You mentioned uh, my Las Vegas Raiders, so you have them as third or fourth. And listen, there's a lot of people out there uh, who do. Uh, They add Chandler Jones. They add the best receiver in the NFL, Devontae Adams, and now comes Josh McDaniels. And and they have made a lot of changes, and and they have gotten rid of uh, some, let's just say, guy. how about this for the Raiders, Ben? All of their first-round picks from 2020 and 2021 are no longer on the roster. They're all gone, including their first-round pick from a year ago, Alex Leatherwood, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. All that being said, though, why are you bearish on the Raiders and don't think that they could make another run in this division? I know it's a tough division, but Ben –
2: Yep. Yeah. And it is a really good point. I do think, you know, the reasons for maybe being, uh, bearish or lower on, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are the exact reason, uh, that you mentioned, right? Like at some point, the bill needs to come due. At some point, you need the guys that you draft to right. perform, at least, at least up to expectation, right? And you can go out and you can make, you can sign guys. And you can trade and make some of these good plays, and you can maybe build something like the Los Angeles Rams did last year. But I still think that is more of you know an outlier type situation where everything still fell correctly uh, for the Rams in 2021. And I don't think that that's necessarily the team building structure that is going to produce you know long term uh, opportunities in what is a, you know a stat conference and a stack division. So I think you know at some point uh, that those misses in the draft. Uh, are going to play a pretty significant role in the depth on this particular roster. And I think, you know, we're going to maybe start to see, you know, some of those foundations cracking a little bit here uh, as we move toward, you know, a more difficult schedule for the for the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Yeah, you know, you know, let me just add to one thing there and say this. This is what happens when you make a TV hire. What I mean by TV hire, right. you hire Mike Mayock, NFL Network draft analyst, who had more misses in his picks working for the NFL Network uh, on during the draft, and then making—I I mean, taking Cleveland Furl over Devin White mm-hmm. and and Montez Sweat. I mean, so many. I mean, wow. And and that's what happens. That if you mess up, I mean, just think about that. The the Raiders are the only team going into the season where, like, th- their three – like, two of their last three drafts, not one first-round pick is on the team. Not one! Right. Which, which it's, it's, right. It's, it's incomprehensible to think. Like, you couldn't be that bad if you tried, but unfortunately, Mike Mayock was that bad. At least he did get Max Crosby, though, so I'll give him that.
2: Right. He, and, he, and he had a couple hints, and I do think, you know, a guy like Hunter Renfro as well. Sure. You know, pretty good draft pick, but yep. um, there's just so many misses at, at the high end of draft on, um, you know, situations that were very clearly – uh, reaches right. I do think that if you look around in the media, you know, nobody really liked Alex Otherwood. There were a number of other situations where they could have just gone with best player available and been in a much better situation. But when you continue to reach at the top end of the draft and miss, uh, at some point, uh, you know, the bill is going to come due. And I think that's, you know, my outlook on the Raiders, unfortunately. Here in hey, hey,
1: J-Rod, I just got to add one more thing to what Ben's saying. I knew this. Everybody knew this. Henry Ruggs wasn't even the best receiver on his own team when he came out in that draft. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew Jerry Judy was better. Everybody knew Justin Jefferson was better. Everybody knew CeeDee Lamb was better. And this has nothing to do with what happened off the field with Henry Ruggs and him serving jail time. This has to do with just what happened in college. And you knew those three guys were all better then then Henry Ruggs, but you miss on that and then here you are and it's it's just unfortunate you could tell the frustration in my voice so it is what it
0: is yeah, yeah well listen, listen to, to quote the to quote the edited version of Big Lebowski that's what happens when you meet a stranger in the Alps so let 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 let's move from from the sexy I'm in the combat sports business so The AFC West seems to me like MMA. It's very sexy, very young, very flashy. While the AFC North is more like boxing. It's more in the middle, guys taking shots at each other left and right, just taking poundings. Ben, I want to talk about this AFC North. It is pure chaos. You know, we, we've talked on this show. We're, we're not so convinced that the Bengals are going to repeat, let alone even make the playoffs. The, the the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. I've got a Steelers making the playoffs ticket. You know, and then there's the Cleveland Browns, which is a whole story in and of itself. What do you make of that AFC North?
2: Yeah, it is. you know, the black and blue division, I think is definitely back for sure. I do like that uh, comparison quite a bit. Um, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm a Bengals guy. So I have been for the past couple of years. I know they arrived, uh, you know, ahead of schedule last year had, you know, some high variance type plays definitely go their way, especially in the playoffs. But, uh, I look at the roster. I think they got better at the spots. They absolutely had to get better along, you know, the offensive line, uh, the defense could maybe be a little bit questionable, but I think we are going to get, you know, the best version of Jesse Bates to kind of solidify the back half of their secondary. So I think they are very much capable of being uh, you know, as good, if not a better team overall in 2022. The question is, uh, are they going to get some of these variance type situations to break their way? Once again, I do think they could be overall a stronger team and still finish with the worst record and maybe not get back to where they were, uh, you know, in reaching the Super Bowl in 2021. So I think they're still my pick to, you know, win the AFC North. Uh, I think, you know, the, the talent that they have in place, especially at the wide receiver position, Joe Burrow still on a rookie contract. They have enough optionality, I do think, uh, to potentially run away with this division again, I would say.
1: Well, who, with that being, I'm going to take that. what you just talked about, the Bengals there, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, Ben. Who's the Bengals of this season? Who's the team that comes out of nowhere and possibly makes a run towards the Super Bowl or at least the conference championship game that nobody sees coming? There's always one of those teams, that breakthrough team, that no one sees coming. Like, wow, who is it? Yeah, that's it's a really good question, and you
2: know, I do think that the, the Bengals in general are probably an outlier team. A lot of people are trying to, you know, unearth the next version of them. I do think that if you are kind of searching out for that arch type, uh, you have to go with the team in the NFC, just because their path to not only getting into the playoffs, but potentially getting into the Super Bowl is so much easier. Uh, a lot of people like the New York Giants. I'm personally not, oh, uh, not a believer oh, whatsoever in game of so I can't go that route, but I'm not I'm not going that route. I will say, this might be uh cheating a little bit, but I do think the Arizona Cardinals wow. uh much maligned, I would say, in the betting market. Um, you know, Kyler Murray does he study tape this and that and everything else. I think all of that's overblown. I think that if the Rams take a step back, uh the Cardinals could easily, you know, sneak away with that NFC West division. I like Kyler Murray. Uh my one problem is kind of, you know, the Cliff King's very Stephen Kyme uh you know setup structure overall in their front office. But I think they actually have uh the pieces in place offensively uh, in order to kind of make a run out say, in the NFC. So if I was choosing one team, they're probably not as, anywhere as bad as what the Bengals were projected to be last year, but I think the Cardinals are a team that I could see, you know, making a run and getting hot at the right time and potentially having things break their way uh, and getting, you know, all the way to that conference championship game and seeing what happens. I yeah, will I'm tell Arkansas you this. Solidwood
1: Brown's there too. So uh, let's see what happens yeah. with that and gives Kyler Murray another weapon. I, I'm interested to see um, it, it just Kevin O'Connell and what he's going to yep. do, taking over from Mike Zimmer in Minnesota? I, you talk about it, because Minnesota has so much talent, but they just could yep. not quite, you know. It's like every they always pull defeat from the jaws of victory, and now Kevin O'Connell gets a shot. So uh, I, I, I'm interested to see what the Vikings can do.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I, I grew up a Vikings fan. I'm you know as close to them as I would say any other team in the NFL. Uh, I, I still think they're aging quite a bit, I would say, in their secondary, especially with, you know, Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson. Asking those guys to continue to play at a really high level uh, week in and week out, I think maybe uh, is their breaking point when it's all said and done. But uh, they could also have, you know, one of the best offenses in the NFL from EPA perspective, especially if, you know, Kevin O'Connell uh, is as good as advertised, uh, you know, from a play calling perspective. So, I like the vikings i think they are trendy i think they are you know much better team than you know even where like the Bengals were last year so probably not as surprising but uh, i do think they are definitely a team that could make some noise if they get to the playoffs
0: yeah we love it listen just to put a bow on 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 the Giants stuff i will tell you this daniel jones on the road is a cover machine the giants are at tennessee i think tennessee's gonna stink giants getting six as the road dog just putting it out there. That's Ben Brown from yep. Pro Football Focus. Ben, thanks for spending some time with us today, man.
2: Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys. Have a great show.
0: Yeah, love it, love it. Yeah, it's Ben Brown. I'll tell you. I mean, Daniel Jones is a machine. He's a cover machine. And uh, although I think the class I of that unfortunately division,
1: unfortunately is... for Giants fans, he's an interception machine too.
0: Well, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be on my side of the fence and let the, let the Giants people figure it out on their side of the fence. <laughs> Speaking of the fence, we've got underdogs to talk about. More pro football to tell you about right here on BetQL Daily on this Labor Day Monday. With Mark James, I'm Jim Rodriguez. You can watch us live 24-7 on the BetQL Network right here on the Odyssey app.